Today we conclude a series of meditations from John's Gospel. Our focus is on John 4, 43-54. It is a story of the Lord Jesus' healing of a nobleman's son. Now after the two days, he departed from there and went to Galilee. For Jesus himself testified that a prophet has no honor in his own country. So when he came to Galilee, the Galileans received him, having seen all the things he did in Jerusalem at the feast. For they also had gone to the feast. So Jesus came again to Cana in Galilee, where he had made the water wine. And there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. When he heard that Jesus had come out of Judea into Galilee, he went to him and implored him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. Then Jesus said to him, Unless you people see signs and wonders, you will by no means believe. The nobleman said to him, Sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus said to him, Go your way, your son lives. So the man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him, and he went his way. And as he was now going down, his servants met him and told him, saying, Your son lives. Then he inquired of them the hour when he got better. And they said to him, Yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. So the father knew that it was at the same hour in which Jesus said to him, Your son lives. And he himself believed and his whole household. This again is a second sign Jesus did when he had come out of Judea into Galilee. This story has to do with prayer. When you engage Jesus with a request, that is prayer. When you engage Jesus to heal your son, that is prayer. This is a story about a prayerful father who demonstrated faith and Jesus healed his son. This unnamed nobleman who was based in Capernaum had heard that Jesus was coming to Cana, which was roughly 25 miles away. This is roughly the distance between Mandeville and Maypen. This nobleman set out to meet Jesus there. It is not clear from the Bible how he got to Cana. He might have walked. He might have traveled by a horse-driven carriage. He might have ridden on a horse. The story doesn't tell us. My question to Christians is, how far are you prepared to go to meet with Jesus? Could I challenge us Christians to get up an hour early in the mornings to meet with Jesus? Could I challenge us Christians to devote five minutes of our lunchtime to meet with Jesus? Could I challenge us Christians to lock off the television one evening and instead go meet with Jesus? How far are you willing to go to meet with Jesus? This nobleman traveled a significant distance for one reason and one reason only, to meet with Jesus. The word translated nobleman could also be translated royal official. That is among the reasons why some scholars believe that the nobleman was a high-ranking member of the staff of King Herod Antipas. It seems this was a man of some influence. It seems this was a man of financial means. It seems this was a man of some contacts. But the man had a sick son, sick to the point where he was at death's door. Presumably, he had carried the boy to every reputable doctor. 
Presumably, he had carried the boy to the best places where he could get medical help. Presumably, he had utilized every known remedy to get his boy well. This was a desperate man. This man was in agony. This man had reached the end of his tether. This man was at his wit's end. His influence could not help him. His money could not help him. His contacts could not help him. And he came to the conclusion that only one man could assist him. Hence, he brought his petition to Jesus. He cast his care on Jesus. He poured out his soul on Jesus. Have you yet reached a place where you realize that when it comes to the state of your soul, money can't help you and it's only Jesus who can help you? Have you reached a place where you realize that when it comes to your soul, your friends and contacts can't help you and it's only Jesus who can help you? When this nobleman told Jesus about his son who was at death's door, Jesus said to him, Go your way, your son lives. The nobleman took the anxieties he had concerning his son and rested in the word of Jesus. I want to suggest to you that the man took Jesus at his word and went about his business. Permit me a little holy imagination. He took Jesus at his word and went shopping. He took Jesus at his word and went to a civil service meeting in Cana. He took Jesus at his word and went to visit his aunties in Cana. He took Jesus at his word and went to the Cana Business Expo. What the nobleman received from Jesus was a sufficient word. There is no need to add to Jesus' word or to subtract from Jesus' word. When Jesus speaks, that is a sufficient word. The word of Jesus is not there merely to bring about physical healing. The word of Jesus is there not merely to instruct in moral principles. The word of Jesus is God's means to expose sinners to their need for salvation. The word of Jesus and the working of the Holy Spirit are God's means to convince, convict, and convert sinners. The servants of the nobleman met up with him the day following his encounter with Jesus. The servants shared that his son had indeed been healed. The nobleman inquired at what time was it that his son was healed. And his servants told him at the seventh hour, which corresponds with 1 p.m. Then we read in John 4 verse 53. So the father knew that it was at the same hour in which Jesus said to him, your son lives. And he himself believed and his whole household. When the Apostle John uses the word believe, he does not merely mean believe in your head. When the Apostle John uses the word believe, he does not mean merely head knowledge. When the Apostle John uses the word believe, he means that one has surrendered one's life to Christ. He means that one has repented of one's sins. He means that one has come to terms with the wretchedness of one's sinfulness. He means one has come to terms with the fact that unless Christ saves us from our sins, we are heading to hell. He means that unless Christ saves you, you will one day bear the full wrath of God as judgment on sinners. He means that one has turned over one's life to Jesus. It means that one has said to Jesus, Jesus, do with my life as you please. My life is not my own anymore. My life belongs to you. Jesus used the sickness of the nobleman's son to get his attention. 
Jesus sometimes uses hardships, sicknesses to get our attention. Christ got that nobleman's attention by making his son get ill. Are you facing severe difficulties in your life? Could it be that Jesus is trying to get your attention? Could it be that that is why you lost your job? Could it be that that is why your business failed? Could it be that is why your health failed? Could it be that is why your children are giving you so much worries? Will you dare to have faith to believe Christ? The healing of the body is important. The healing of the soul is of paramount importance. Maybe there is someone listening today. You know your soul is sick with sin and you want to have a change of life. Jesus wants to heal your sin-sick soul. This nobleman surrendered his life to Jesus. There is nothing more noble for a man, woman, boy, or girl to do than to surrender his or her life to Jesus. And guess what? Today is a good day for you to surrender your life to Jesus. Today is a good day to repent of your sins. Seek Christ's forgiveness of sins and fully surrender your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. There is nothing more noble than that. May Christ continue to bless you greatly.